It's the Tabletop Miniature Hobby Podcast and on this episode I'm going to be talking about a recent visit that I had to Warhammer World in the capital of the Empire itself, Altdorf. Let's crack on. So our day started off in Nottingham itself and uh, I was there with my wife, my daughter and wee girl's gran and granddad. So we had the opportunity to uh, offload the wee girl uh, to spend the day with our gran and granddad or at least the afternoon with our gran and granddad. Um, my wife and I, we had a wee walk around um, Nottingham Town Centre initially. I was pretty impressed with Nottingham to be honest. I know I know a few of you might laugh at that but uh, I think it's a, a nice town centre. Loads on offer, plenty of shops, plenty of pubs and I'm easily pleased. So um, she got the old Google Maps out on the, the phone and we had a walk out towards um, the Games Workshop and Warhammer World HQs. Quite a nice walk as well, it was kind of along a canal. It was due to rain later on, but uh, we, we decided to, to risk it, so we walked along there. The intention was to have our lunch at Bugman's, but because of the timings of stuff and when the rain was due to come on and that, we, we decided to stop, where did we pit stop at one of the... Um, what they called again, hungry horse type pubs, you know, the kind of chain pubs, nothing spectacular, but again, I'm easy pleased, a couple of pints and uh, a wee bit of a microwave meal and I was ready to go the rest of the journey. So I think that took about 20 minutes maybe to walk out to, to the, the area where you, you find Games Workshop and Warhammer World. So um, I'll admit, you know, I got a bit excited. We come up this wee ramp and you're in this kind of industrial area, like industrial estate, I guess you'd call it, where they're based and turned the corner and just seen the Games Workshop uh, sign on the, the building. And I know that these, um, you know, the, this is the modern Games Workshop and, and me and a lot of listeners to this show were, were very much set in the 90s or, or even 80s, but um, I still hold the company in high regard in a lot of ways. They, they got me into the hobby and the lore is fantastic, you know, the, the, certainly the lore from back in the day. And... Um, yeah, I was really excited. I was really excited about this uh, visit. So we come round the corner and um, we've seen the, the sort of Games Workshop sign. So it's a big building. And we walked up. And my first thought was it, it doesn't look very um, welcoming. Just at the door, there didn't seem to be any signage or stuff like that. And a couple of folk, a couple of guys come out um, the door with their Games Workshop lanyards on and coffees, obviously out for their, their wee tea break. And uh, as the door was swinging shut, we were away to go into this reception. And the guy's kind of like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, I said, oh, we're, we're looking for Warhammer World. And uh, he, he kind of pointed behind us and there's this huge building behind us, Warhammer World. Somehow we turned in so there's two separate buildings if you've not been there. There's the Games Workshop HQ and Warhammer World itself. So I don't know how we didn't see it. No idea. We walked right past it. Big Land Raider outside or Rhino even and uh, a Space Marine and everything. But we managed to, to miss it and nearly ended up in Games Workshop. So maybe we would have got a job there. Don't know what, what use they could have found for me. Maybe uh, sweeping the, the floors or cleaning the toilets. But uh, aye, so we, we, we ended up... Um, double back and, and you're just across the road got the customary photo of anyone that's ever visited there photo outside with the, the Space Marine and photo outside with the, the Rhino as well I think it's a Rhino isn't it that, that tank that they've got really cool anyway wonder who they ordered that from or if they made it themselves I've no idea so it was a Wednesday afternoon and um, I was relatively busy for middle of the week and, you know, there was still a few people um, going around the exhibition itself, which I'll talk about. There was people in the shop and Bugman's and the gaming room. And the guy did say that they'd been shut for a couple of days and I, I don't know, I couldn't work out if that was complete luck on our part that we'd turned up on a day that they were open or if we'd 
I say we, or if my wife had looked into this in advance, she couldn't remember either. We'd planned this for a long time, but one way or another, whether we were lucky or very well organised, uh, didn't turn up and it was shut. That would have been pretty heartbreaking, to be honest, because I, I don't know that we'd have made it back. So um, you go inside and uh, there's a reception area and a uh, really friendly guy on the desk and he, he straight away um, just asked, you know, if he could help us and what we were looking for. So we'd explained that we were looking to go around the, the exhibition. So he was he was just explaining to us that yeah, it's free to get in uh, the, the main part. You know, you go upstairs because obviously they've got the shop and Bugman's and stuff like that. And then there's a desk up there. If you want to go around the museum, he called it, uh, you would just pay the wee desk up there. So went upstairs. And again, you know, you're, you're confronted with them. Um, just a lot of really cool and interesting stuff. The minute you go in the door, I was looking in one of the glass cabinets. They had a miniature from, you know, before I was born. Um, it was like an orc on a, a wyvern. Is that how you say it? Wyvern? Wyvern? I, I, it's only a word I've ever uh, saw written down rather than heard read out, but let's call it a small dragon. But anyway, this miniature, a uh, proper old school, old hammer one, uh, to be honest, like the sculpting, um, very rough, but very cool to see this thing. It was totally unpainted, and you've seen the box art as well. Like, um, I think I've got a photo of it. I'm going to put photos up. I'm going to put photos up, and I'll link to them at bedroombattlefields.com. You could get a wee look as well. So we go up the stairs. Um, they had, by the way, they had uh, just before but uh, before we do go up the stairs, they had some merch as well. The, a dressing gown or house coat. They've got like chaos um, patterned ones, like corn kind of design. Uh, if I wore stuff, if I wore one of them, which I don't, um, I would have definitely bought one. I reckon walking around with the old, the old uh, chaos house coat, chaos dressing gown on. But uh, yeah, we walked upstairs. So you've got uh, as you go through the doors, you've got um, the shop on your right. Uh, it's just a typical games workshop, I suppose. Um, and then straight ahead, you've got the whole the big gaming hall. They've got loads of big tables in there that I think you could just basically turn up and use. Imagine you turned up with the old Kings of War, <laughs> Kings of War rules. I'm just in for a game of Kings of War. I think they'd have something to say about that, wouldn't they? Um, so you've got uh, you've got the gaming hall. You've got Bugmans. But first things first, we wanted to go around um, the exhibition or museum, whatever you want to call it. So went up to the desk um, I couldn't see any info on how much it was going to cost and I was a bit like oh you know don't want to upset uh, the wife too much um, but she she was very understanding you know she, she knew it was something I really wanted to do and, and she, she definitely humoured me throughout the day um, and they, they do I don't know if this is um, a thing that's ubiquitous with Games Workshop they, when they're like you're paying for stuff they never really say the price and she was paying with a card um, and the guy, on, again, the guy in the desk, really friendly, and he was explaining a lot about it. But as soon as we got through the wee door, I was like, how much did it cost? But I think it was only, I think it was only £7 each. Um, which, to me, like, I was I was pleasantly surprised. I, I think they could, they could probably, um, you know, once folk have travelled out there, probably from all over the world, they could probably name their price with that and, and people would pay it. So fair, fair play, I suppose. You know, £7 to me seems reasonable if that helps to, to maintain the thing. But the guy the guy on uh, the, the upstairs reception that sold us the tickets, he explained to us that, you know, the, the, the exhibition is broken up into different rooms and he was talking about one particular room. I can't remember if, if it was three or four. He was saying you'll be blown away by this thing that you see in there, this diorama. And he says, we run a wee thing where you hide, um, the, the staff hide, uh, I think it's Imperial Assassins or something. They'll hide a miniature 
in this massive, massive diorama and uh, pretty much, you know, the people that go through our tasks with trying to find them. So, um, again, not many, they've got um, pictures of the miniatures uh, as you go through the door. So y you do, in theory, know what you're looking for, but with the new miniatures, I'm just... I'm so unfamiliar with them that I had not a hope in hell of finding it. Like, the minute I'd walked away from the, the picture of them, I just couldn't even remember what they really looked like. So, um, aye, there was, there was no chance of us uh, finding these miniatures, and we didn't. So, yeah, we go through, the, go through the door. I have my emergency check on how much it costs to get in. And uh, first and foremost, there's two wee glass cabinets uh, with just really cool old hammer miniatures, there's um, some posters up, uh, I think it's old adverts for White Dwarf uh, they've got a diorama from uh, I think it was John Blanche in like, again, 1982 uh, what was it called again? March of the March of the Dead? Uh, it was called, called March of the Dead um, John Blanche 1982 uh, fantastic diorama they've got a uh, Chaos Warriors says early miniatures, science fantasy and Warhammer, 40,000 miniatures of the mid to late 1980s. So again, some amazing looking wee miniatures there. And uh, at this point, I was um, really, really excited because I'm thinking this is going to be, you know, a museum in the very traditional sense. We're going to start at the start and we're going to go through the journey of the company. We're going to see the 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 way that everything's evolved and you know eventually we're going to come to the, the new and modern stuff and that's that's fine you know that's brilliant um so I was really excited about that just taking a journey through the company but that's that's not really what it was at all um it was actually you know my my wife that pointed this out at the end of it because I'd I'd said to her, and again I'm going to talk about going round the exhibition but we'd said at the end um you know what did you think and um we're saying it's it's obviously amazing um, dioramas and painting and, and sculpting but it was more of an art gallery slash exhibition than a museum I would say it's it's not really a museum I don't know that they market it I, I think that word was used by one of the staff museum but I think they, they, they do they do pretty much call it an exhibition but I guess like you know that would have been the ideal for me was that it was more of a journey through the company's history and like I say we could have we could have really seen loads of the 80s stuff we could have moved into the 90s and seen the the way it progressed and then got into the new millennium but definitely not a linear journey through Games Workshop because after we'd left that initial really exciting old school stuff we were straight into the brand new stuff um, again absolutely world-class dioramas these huge big dioramas um, that have taken multiple teams and and sometimes up to a year to put together but um, we were straight away we were into the modern stuff we're looking at um, Age of Sigmar we're looking at uh, 40k Necromunda I think um, there was a lot of Lord of the Rings stuff which was cool as well because um, it's, it is something that my wife really likes she read the books when she was wee and we've very recently watched her way through all the films again and now we're watching that new one on Amazon Ring of Power or something like that um, so we're watching that at the moment so uh, yeah it was it was just nice to be able to see uh to say to her, oh look, there's there's Gandalf and the lads, um, and give her some, give her something that she'd actually like recognised and, and knew of. 
but yeah, walking round and in amongst all of that new stuff, you've got the Emperor versus Horus diorama by Mike McVeigh uh, from 1994, and I vividly remember uh, reading about that in White Dwarf when it was made. So it was just really, really cool to see that in person, you know, behind glass. But it's not like I was going to touch it anyway. So um, yeah, just just kind of stuck in there amongst uh, the, these like pretty new dioramas so again you know if, if they could have made that more of a linear journey around the history but I'm not going to beat that drum like a broken record you, you probably know my thoughts on that by now but again amazing to, to actually go and see that in person and into that into that big room you know the the, the room that uh, it's like the the marquee diorama I suppose I think it said on the sign there was something like um, five and a half six thousand miniatures used on it and it, it it's like the centerpiece of the room. I mean, you're you're walking down the stairs around this thing, but it's it's just so massive, so vast, uh, and so very impressive. This is the one that the the wee assassin miniature is apparently hidden somewhere. But uh, like I say, there was absolutely no chance I was finding it. They had a wee sign as well. It was like no torches, and I was thinking, why would anyone have a torch? of all things but I, I get it it's, it's probably so you could shine your wee torch into the dark crevices and try and find this miniature but uh, yeah I mean fantastic piece of work like I say very much an art experience rather than an actual museum some of the titans some of the, the size of the titans I think they're Forge World kit but um, and I think you know in game if you like these titans will be like small titans but you could buy these actual 40k style titans now they're massive like i don't know if they'd come up to your knee or something like that but these things are absolutely huge so yeah we go around the exhibition take a lot of pictures and yeah it was it was fantastic it was enjoyable and uh, we knew that that wasn't the end of the day either because there was still other things to see around the place so we came out um we had a, a wee walk around the, the gaming tables so again, great setup in there as as you'd expect. There's lots of different tables that you could use, and they've got bits of terrain here and there. It was one really cool table. I suppose it'd be probably for Necromunda. It was like um, loads of pipes and and little walkways and stuff. And you were thinking it'd be be great to to play a game on something like that. So so then it was it was time for a beer. You know, it was uh, that time of day. And uh, we nipped through to Bugman's, which I'd mentioned briefly there before. So Bugman's is on site, it's part of the building. And it's done up like, a, if you've seen pictures of it before, it's done up in the sort of old tavern style, uh, which is it's really cool, really. Uh, nice wee atmosphere in there. They've, they've done a lot of cool, nice things. Um, big fireplace, you know, not a real fire. I would have I maybe, if I'm being super critical, would have had a real fire in there, but maybe it's just to do with the building. I don't know if they're allowed to do that. Um, I know nothing about fires. But uh, yeah, Bugman's was cool. We had a couple of pints in there. A uh, few folks in there, even though it's the middle of the week, uh, playing wee games as well. i seen a couple of boys at their table. They were playing a sort of small hex-based board game. And I think it's Warhammer Underworld. I think that's the game. So uh, another thing that I know almost nothing about is Games Workshop games these days. But I think um, I nipped on the website there and I think it's Warhammer Underworld. Uh, or Underworlds, so uh, pretty cool that you could buy a game that literally fits on the, the pub table, you could take that to any pub, not just Bugman's, so it, it depends on the reaction you'd get, so it depends on what, what pub you were actually in, but uh, yeah, a couple of beers in Bugman's, we'd already ate, so we didn't need to eat any more, and then nipped through to the, the shop, 
uh, for a wee look around the shop as well before we headed off back into the town centre. And she's saying to me, like, remember if you want anything? And I was like, well, you know, I, I don't really buy modern stuff. I buy from these other miniature companies. <laughs> um, I don't think she cared. But, uh, well, she maybe did care, actually, because we, we were walking around the shop and they've got, um, you see, I think it's the Forge World stuff. So that's like the Titans I'm talking about, these massive things. And they've got Smog, you know, the dragon from Lord of the Rings. This thing is massive, absolutely massive. It'd be like holding a, um, a baby crocodile. But this thing was massive and it was um, it was nearly 500 quid. So she's shocked. I mean, I, I know that uh, sometimes stuff costs that much in the hobby. I would never pay it, but I know that it, I know that it's out there. But she's like, that's that's the price of a holiday for, for Smog. I was like, well, that's that's why he, he sits in that pile of gold, I suppose, in the film. But uh, yeah, needless to say, I didn't walk out with that. <laughs> It'd be some bit of kit that I don't even know where he'd even start to paint that. So I we had a, a, another wee quick look around the shop and then it was time to, to go and our intention was to, to catch a tram. We've got a tram system in uh, Nottingham, apparently. Uh, but uh, we got down to this wee tram platform and it said, like, there's a tram coming in six minutes. And then like five minutes later, I was like, it still says it's coming in six minutes and people are turning up and turning up and uh, it just stayed at six minutes and never turned up. So I think we gave it like 15 minutes and the rain hadn't really come to anything. So I just said to her, you want to just do, like, we could have been back in the town, but now it's not far at all. So we just walked back uh, into the town and we passed a cool pub, Yield Trip to Jerusalem. The oldest inn in England, and the date on it was 1189. That was a wee while ago, wasn't it? That, that's proper old hammer, that. Proper old hammer pub. Um, so it, it, that was amazing. Like, we went in there naturally. I can't I can't really walk past a pub without indulging in it. Uh, it it kind of was like it was... Um, the rooms were almost carved into... Because it's right next to the castle. The castle in Nottingham. Almost like you were sitting in a room that was carved into the castle walls. I was thinking that when we were in there, but uh, they've got suits of armour and everything like that. So just a really, really cool wee pub. Um, they should have, they should have turned that into Bugman's. I think when they opened the when they opened the place. But anyway, I, I really enjoyed my my little pint in there, and then we got back into the town centre and, and met up with the rest of the family. So that was our that was our day out at uh, Warhammer World and Games Workshop in Nottingham, the mecca, if you like, the the hobby mecca. Many would say, and I'd agree. You know, um, I know that. You know, I'm I'm guilty of probably slagging off Games Workshop sometimes. I think most of us do it. They're they're an easy target sometimes, but I owe like everything to them from getting started in the hobby. Like I said, you know, they they captured my imagination at a young age. And I immersed myself in, in all their, their lore and their, their products as much as I could, you know, White Dwarf. So to go there uh, was a brilliant experience uh, and one that I'm, I'm very fond of looking back now and being able to talk about it and, and just look back over some of my photos as well. So I, I really thoroughly enjoyed it. Like I said at the start, um, and I'll mention it one more time, the museum. I, th I think it could have been. I think it could have been a museum rather than an exhibition. I would have loved to have seen that, but. You know, maybe that's maybe that's just not what most of the folks that go there are looking for. Maybe that's how most people that are visiting it these days uh, like it. You know, they just like to see as much of the modern stuff as possible. Maybe they see the older stuff as a bit tacky uh, because we're all different after all. So um, I, I I thoroughly recommend going. You know, if you ever if you ever get the opportunity to do it yourself, uh, no matter where you are in the world. You know, if you're in that region of England or 
just the UK in general because it's a small place and you're maybe in two minds about whether it's going to be worth it, I would say absolutely go for it, you know, and just enjoy it. Like, um, you know, it is the company in its modern iteration. And I know that there, there are things that we're not always happy with, certainly things that we'd we'd like to change or like to see go back to the way they were. But um, aye, in all, a, a great experience. I'm really glad we did it. And uh, yeah, I, I think I would go back as well. I'd have no qualms about going back if we were ever uh, down that way in the future again. Our question of the month for May 2024 is what rules have you created or adapted to improve your favourite gaming system? This might be a homebrew rule or something you've ported over from another game. The point is you tried it, it worked well and you kept on using it. Head on over to bedroombattlefields.com forward slash voicemail to submit your answer. That's bedroombattlefields.com forward slash voicemail. And now back to the show. By the way, I'll just add that you could uh, see all the photos that I took when I was there. Uh, uh, well, just open up your, your podcast app and there'll be a link in the episode show notes or you could go to that link directly at bedroombattlefields.com forward slash Warhammer World Picks. That's all one word, Warhammer World Picks. Back in the town centre as well. It's funny because, uh, you know, you've just been to... You've just been to a place like that and then uh, ended up in a couple of like wee toy shops here and there. I was looking at all the, the Halloween stuff because at time of recording we're sort of mid-October and all the Halloween stuff is, is out in the shops and um, I was I was just looking at that and thinking that's a great opportunity. Like we, we talked um, in a recent episode about fish tank terrain but all the stuff you could buy for, for Halloween, you know, there's, there's great terrain opportunities and even modelling opportunities. You know, you get um, you, you get like giant skulls and big skeletal hands, and there's quite a lot you could do with stuff like that. I think, uh, and it's it's proper cheap. Like I know the the fish tank terrain uh, isn't the cheapest, but you look at some of this stuff, like it's you know a couple of pound for for quite a cool big, like I say, a big skeletal hand. I thought you could give that a bit of a, a spray and a dry brush and. Um, it would make a, a great addition to a table. So, I Halloween stuff. If you're listening, time of recording, it's a it's a great opportunity to go out there and get get creative, get some stuff uh, to build build your terrain around. Another thing I've seen now and then in the the modeling and painting world is uh, like kids toy dinosaurs. So some of some of like, and I remember it was the same when I was wee. Like some of the dinosaur toys that you get um, are quite realistic and quite sort of heavy, sturdy bits of kit. And I have seen in the past, especially folks running like lizard men armies and stuff, uh, they'll use kids' toy dinosaurs and um, maybe just, you know, base them and, and give them a bit of a paint up. And it, it turns out really well. Like, again, if you don't want to pay £500 for, for Smog the Dragon, you could probably find a, a decent, like, toy dragon in a toy shop for, um, I don't know, 5% of the price. And... Uh, do a bit of work on it and and probably create something really cool. But like I say, that that's this isn't a revelation for me. It's something I've seen out there on the internet before that people do use kids' toys sometimes to to make their to make models or conversions out of. So there's a wee question for you for for this episode. Like, you know, what's your favourite source for unconventional terrain or or miniatures? Like, do you use kids' toys? Uh, another example I seen a while back. Um, I'm sure it was on Discord. One of the guys there was was building a, a castle, like using a a kids' toy castle, and uh, 
you know, turning that into something that could go onto the tabletop as well. So I really like to see that. I'd really like to hear more from folks, you know. Great to see you in the Discord and, and maybe get some pictures of stuff you've made from your, your Halloween, your kids' Halloween collection or uh, toy dinosaurs. Um, another one I liked when I was wee, the, the Monster in My Pocket uh, models. I was going to call them miniatures there, and ostensibly they were. Like, they were proper, pretty much 28mm scale, and... Uh, I don't know if this was just a British thing or if they were available elsewhere in the world, but uh, they were little little monsters, rubber monsters, um, and you could, like a couple of them I'd stuck on bases and gave them a bit of a paint back in the day when I was wee, and they, they, they were the perfect scale, and they were really, really good uh, wee models as well. So I actually found, when we moved house, I found... I found my collection from when I was wee of the monster in my pockets and I'd put um, photos on the website as well. So I'll stick them in the show notes. Like if you if you had them when you were wee, I bet you'll like a look around them. And if you didn't, you know, if you're curious as to what they look like, you'll get a wee, get a wee shifty over them as well. So like I say, I'll put links to those in the show notes. All right, then it's time to dive into the old Discord server at bedroombattlefields.com slash discord because we're going to talk a wee bit about this month's painting challenge, month October 2022. Uh, I think the agreement for us to do was uh, just an old hammery style, you know, nostalgic looking miniature, whether that is an original or a kind of tribute style miniature. We're going to paint up one of those each and just document our progress over the month. And uh, another caveat in the spirit of the podcast as well, give it a pure aisle name. I kind of regret that now because last time I looked in there, I'm thinking, looking at some of these names, I'm going to have to read them out on the podcast. So if you're in the car uh, with uh, any kids or that, this is maybe a time to hit pause and, and maybe put some music on for, for the rest of your journey. Come back to the podcast when you're at your painting table and on your own. So I started off setting the very low barrier with this. Um, I picked up a, it was one of the Nightmare Miniatures uh, Goblins. So Nightmare Miniatures, a company I talk about a lot and I really like them. And this wee guy, he's the he's a goblin and he's the spitting image for anyone in the UK, any football fans, he's the spitting image of Neil Warnock. The difference is, I mean, I say the difference, Neil Warnock might well wear these in the privacy of his own home, but he's got a big pair of metal boobies, big pair of spiky metal boobies. But um, I was saying that here's Neil Warnock uh, and I think it was Mark that, that had said he used to think Neil Warnock's name was Neil Warlock. So I thought that would be a good name for him, Neil Warlock with a pair of spiky metal tits. What about that? Um I've not I've not done that much to him to be honest. I've not been around to get to get to the painting table. He's been based, he's been undercoated, he's had his token uh, splash of skeleton horde and um that's about it for now. So I'm hoping to make some progress on Neil Warlock in the next week or two. So George is doing a, an old ultramarine. He's calling him Ulrich Johnson. I take it that's a reference to former Gladiators presenter Ulrika Johnson. Uh, maybe have to do a sort of John Fashionu style companion or standard bearer for, for him further down the line. But uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing your progress on that, George. Uh, Colin says here, here's my entry. Uh, his name will be Samoth, as named after the guitarist of metal band Emperor, because he is a Black Templar Emperor's Champion. Try saying that with your mouth full and fast three times. Christ, here's one to, here's one to read out. Obscure Ghost. Uh, it's an orc. Shagsmack Skogsbutt. Shagsmack Skogsbutt. A good 97 Gorka Morka mini that he bought on Tuesday. So, uh, yeah, Shagsmack Scog, Skogsbutt. 
think Scoggs Butts. Dearie me. What have we started here? Um, going further down, I'm just... Oh no, here's one. Uh, Space Goblin, he's got a squig. Ligma balls. <laughs> I mean, these these look... When you see them written out, it's fine. But when you actually just have to read them out, it's, it's just out and out rude, isn't it? So we've got lig Ligma balls there. Little squig. I see Idle Doodler's picked up one. Uh, no name on that, I don't think. But he's uh, he looks like a... Old sort of Empire Gunner type miniature. Fortunately, I don't have to read out any names for him. Um, Nirad says, working on this Norse Dwarf from Citadel. Um, let's call him Old Horn. Samuel's picked out a couple of uh, miniatures. Uh, a GW Dwarf from 1985 or a Skeleton from Prince August from 1986. And I'm scrolling down, so I'm seeing some gradual progress being made on some of these. Uh, dearie me, here's one from Mark. <laughs> Baron Arl Baron Arl's Guardian of Balls Deep dearie me <laughs> Cover in Fire has a Hobgoblin Rocket Launcher Crewman Zugmadik <laughs> I'm not even saying that again Late Night Painting picked up a, a Squig Hopper I think I have the exact same miniature in my painting pile a little Squig Hopper He's um, on his squig, obviously, holding a club above his head. I guess that's just what they do, isn't it? Um, Jason's posted a, a photo of an entire army. wonder if that literally is his, his challenge for this month. Yeah, seen some great progress on these miniatures as I, as I scroll through. <laughs> Solo Gamer, he's got a big demon. Is that Balgorg? Is that his name? Balrog? Anyway, his name is I Shat Myself. <laughs> And he's he's gonna strip him, so he's he's about to descend into the well of debt toll from where he'll soon be summoned. So that's that's really good work there. I shat myself. Happens to us all, doesn't it? There's more from Samuel, so he's making progress. Uh, this dwarf is called Bombu Bellybong. That's a bit cleaner at least. Sounds like a kid's TV character. And yeah, there he is finished now. Some fantastic painting in here. Um and really good sort of backgrounds as well. Uh, some folks could take really good photos. I, I'd be interested in doing an episode about that in future, actually. Um, whether that was with one person or maybe I could just get um, various folks to send in their own wee audio clips. I want to I want to explore that a bit more. How do you take a good picture? Because it's all very well painting up a miniature um, to the best of your ability, but sometimes I, I think photos could let us down. Um, certainly with me, that's something I struggle with, just to get a really good photo of something. So I'd be I'd be interested in exploring that topic. Get in touch if you would uh, if you'd like to chat about it with me. Late night painting. There's his squig all done and dusted. That looks spectacular. Yeah, um, really unique color scheme there as well. I mean, I am colorblind, but I could see that the squig isn't a conventional color, and it's just it's just worked really well. And again, to my last point, uh, a cracking photo of it too. I think that might be it for now. Um, Interestingly, the conversation does move to, to taking pictures too. Um, Idle Doodler's got a, a light box there. That is something I know nothing about, but I, I could see how that would work really well. So um, yeah, that's cool. A light box. I'll need to look into something like that. And it's it's homemade by the looks of it as well. 
So that's the latest on the painting challenge for October. Uh, like I say, if you want to join in, there's still plenty of time. Uh, and just get in the Discord anyway if you can. Bedroombattlefields.com forward slash Discord. It's just a, a nice place to dip in and out of and, and catch up with what everyone's up to. Tell you what I'd like to do. Like I, I would like to get all these uh, photos of these miniatures once they're completed and uh, post them up on the website as well. And I was just thinking there what you should do if you're if you're involved in this or if you're not. You know this is a really cool resource as well. Is a website called mtgcardsmith.com. That's all one word. MTG Cardsmith. I think MTG. That's Magic the Gathering. I'm pretty certain of that. The card game. But if you go on here you can uh, create uh, cards, obviously, and um, you could make pretty pretty decent like uh, tributes to the old combat cards, the old Citadel combat cards. So if you've got a good photo of your old Hammery style miniature, or like any miniature to be honest, you can go on there and you could put little stats, you could put their name on there, their bio and stuff like that. So the website is mtgcardsmith.com. Again, I'll put a link to that in the show notes where you could check it out. But really cool resource, you could just make little free cards. And um, I've done it before. I did it with some of my... Uh, Dungeon Saga, the miniatures I made for Dungeon Saga, made some little cards for those, so uh, yeah cool resource there, mtgcardsmith.com Again on the Discord too, I got uh, I got a lot of really good feedback about the magazines I talked on uh, a previous episode about um, just how I'd like to see some sort of miniature agnostic, games agnostic magazine out there and several members of the Discord pointed out that uh, such things do exist. And um, I got a whole list of stuff to, to check out. So apologies for Magnan there. This, this is another classic example of me rambling in a microphone and often not knowing what I'm talking about and making sweeping statements that aren't true. So uh, there are lots of uh, miniature wargaming magazines out there. Um, a lot of them do seem to focus on the historical and if you listen to that that previous episode, you'll know my feelings on historical war games. It's just not they're not really for me. But the magazine in question that that I reckon most caught my eye was one called Miniature War Games. So I think I need to thank uh, Wolfshead sixty seven for that. Thank you very much. I don't really like to. I, I, I know I, I don't often credit people with stuff in the Discord. I just I don't really like scrolling through it when I'm recording because um, although I could then be factually correct, it doesn't really make for very good audio. I don't think. But just having a quick look in there uh, just now. So Wolfshead sixty seven had had said I'll throw my hat in the ring with a uh, miniature war games magazine. So I'd ordered a copy of that just to, to sort of check it out and see what it was like and it was really really good thoroughly enjoyed it um, took it with me down to Nottingham so you know sitting uh, at, in the evening when I was just chilling out with a beer and had a wee flick through it so I actually went and subscribed to it I think you get your quarterly subscription for like £16 or something like that seems very reasonable to me so I am a, I am now a subscriber to the Miniature Wargames magazine and they do have um, a lot of historical stuff in there um, from the, the one copy that I've got, I would maybe say 50-50 between the sort of sci-fi and fantasy and historicals, and I'm totally fine with that. You know, I'll still I'll still read through these wee things, and uh, sometimes it's maybe somebody's creating something, so that's still really interesting as well. So Miniature Wargames magazine, I'm now a subscriber of that, but there was a lot more magazines mentioned in here. Wargames Illustrated was one, uh, one called 28 Mag, Looks like there's one called Damaged and uh, one called Toy Soldier Collector Magazine. 
So uh, plenty of content out there. So I've um, you know made a good old fool of myself saying that such a thing could not and would not exist when they actually they do, and that looks like that. They're uh, doing very well as well. So um, thank you for all the, the recommendations there. And uh, I'm looking forward to, to my next issue popping through the door. By the way, like I mentioned um, when I was talking about magazines or my, my want for a magazine in the last episode, I'd mentioned White Dwarf. And, you know, the, the reasons that I wouldn't buy White Dwarf these days, uh, not because I don't think it would be a good magazine. It's just because my, my interests are so much wider than, than Games Workshop. But after my trip to Warhammer World itself, I was in a, a news agent and I saw White Dwarf for sale and I thought, you know what, I'm I'm gonna just buy one uh, just to you know, pure curiosity. I'll have a read through it and, and see what I think. So I picked up a copy, I think it's a September copy, uh twenty twenty two. So I got that and uh, I've not read it cover to cover, although I have flicked through it. I've read a couple of articles. I plan on pretty much reading it cover to cover. And uh yeah, I'm I'm definitely not their target audience for this for reasons that I've, I've went on about enough I think already but I was pretty impressed with the quality of it not not surprised though because again they're a very big company they've been doing this a long time they know what they're doing it's it's nothing at all like the white dwarf of our day you know the, the, the sort of mid 90s stuff and I didn't expect it to be uh, the art style is very different I don't know if ma- manga is not the right word and again I, I don't really know anything about manga anyway but the art style, the, the drawings and stuff is very different. I, I can't really articulate it, but you'd know it if you've seen it, you know. Um, and again, that that will just be a stylistic thing. There'll be different artists these days and all that. Um, the photos as well, you know, the, the photos are are very spectacular. Like when you're seeing pictures of the games and stuff like that, they're just really um, cinematic completely different to again harking back to the 90s you had the nice green colourful sort of layouts blue skies I really like that um, and again not not beating that same drum over and over but things do change and we just have to kind of accept that and appreciate that what they're doing now appeals to a lot of people and you can you can definitely see why as well but I, th- I think it's a good mag you know they, they kind of I'm just picking it up here so they've got um they open with a, a letters page, so there's a few cool letters in there, a um, bit of variety. Somebody sent in a poem too, maybe I should send mine in for, for the other week there. Um, folk have sent in uh, pictures of miniatures they've painted. There's a, a couple of articles I read. There was one um, from Andy Clark, Worlds of Warhammer. He was basically dealing with the question, are there any good guys in 40k? Uh, spoiler, no. Lots about the Necrons. In uh, this edition, in fact, you get a free, you get a free cardboard. It's like a wee mini game. Like to, uh, from what I understand, I've not really read it in depth yet. It's like a campaign, and um, it is a nod to the editor was saying. Let me just, ah, uh, the editor Lyle was saying that this is a, a bit of a nod to Mighty Empires, which is a you know that's a game, I think before my time, but uh, obviously one that a lot of people look back on with some fondness. So, like I say, lots on the Necrons. I really don't like the... I had a Necron miniature, I think I've mentioned it before. I had a Necron miniature back in the day. One of the originals came on the front of White Dwarf. But I really don't like the modern Necrons. They're just... I don't know. They're they're, they're the sort of thing I should like, because I I love Terminator 2. But these things, the the big weird heads, and 
Um, I tried to assemble a box of them a couple of years ago and I found them horrendous, so I just promptly got rid of them. But uh, yeah, Necrons, cool concept, but definitely not the miniatures for me in this day and age. So you could see they kind of split the magazine up. I'm saying you could see, you can't see because this is audio, but 40k gets the sort of front of the magazine. Uh, we move on to Kill Team. So they signpost this stuff pretty well. You could see on the sort of side of the page what you're looking at. We've got Age of Sigmar, um, which just confuses the hell out of me. I know that if I spent a bit of time reading it, I would start to understand it, but it just it really confuses the hell out of me, the Age of Sigmar thing. I, I I don't know where it's supposed to be set or what's going on or who half the people are and why they're like weird golden space marines involved. Um, we've got Warcry here. Uh, we've got Warhammer Underworld. So that's the game I was talking about, isn't it? The one that you play on the wee hex base, I think. By the way, if I'm getting loads of stuff wrong here, just um, just live with it. <laughs> I don't... Uh, I mean, I do, I do try to be correct on this podcast as much as I can but I admit that I usually uh, don't manage it here's a, a is this a new I don't know if this is a brand new miniature or a wee painting guide we've got um, Tom here uh, Teclas the, the the high elf mage and we've got a we've got a nice wee picture here of the miniature in 1992 and then he's 2002 iteration and the one that the one that you could buy these days Jesus Christ this thing um I don't know, like basically a, he's basically like some sort of gothic statue. Uh, again, like these are proper works of art, but the aesthetic, it doesn't really do it for me. Uh, I look back at that 92 version and I think, there you go, there's a, there's a miniature. But um, yeah, different strokes for different folks, isn't it? Because this is the, the heavy metal section. And then we've got um, Warhammer, the Horus Heresy. That Horus, he's some boy, isn't he? So they're doing a battle report here. Uh, and then we get some more nice pictures. Then we got a bit of fiction at the end. I think that's a story, a Black Library. I think that's a story about uh, Skaven. Then a wee inside the studio section to wrap it up. We've got a wee card there for Hobby Bingo. So you could uh, mark off the things that you're working on as well. So so what are we? 100 and, 140, 45 pages. Um £6.99, you know, not not the cheapest magazine I've ever picked up. Um, I don't know what I expected to pay, you know, I, I think for the size of it, it's probably just what you pay these days. So that's issue 480. Don't know what my last issue would have been back in the day. You'd be talking the, the sort of late 90s, so I don't know what that would be. But anyway, I'm impressed. I'm not going to become a regular reader to it, but... Say I'm uh, maybe getting on a train one day myself and I'm uh, getting my, my six pack of beer and I see a white dwarf, I'd definitely pick it up. It's a fun sort of flick through and, and it's an institution, isn't it? Like no matter what uh, what aspect of the hobby you're into, what era you're into, you can't argue that, that white dwarf is, a, is an institution. And I'm sure what we're looking at now will be very different in, in 10 years and 20 years. You know, people that are into it now will maybe be harking back to today in the grim darkness of the far hobby future where there's only war over whose aesthetics are best. I'd also recently published a, a post on the blog itself just before I went away on that wee holiday there um, and this was called Minimum Effective Miniature Painting and it was just a step-by-step -step in my process. Uh, you've heard me bang on about this before on the show but I'm not a 
I'm not what you would consider a, a good or talented painter. I just have a workflow that gives me results that I'm happy with. And I was just kind of talking through that with three different photos from the stages uh, with the, the, you know, basing the miniature first. When I say basing, I'm not talking about undercoating, but actually putting the, the basing material on so that when the undercoat goes on, that's all part of it. You know, it's all painted already. So it just literally needs the miniature to be painted at that point. So I'm doing a black undercoat and then the Zenith will highlight from the top with, uh, I think it's the Wraithbone, the Citadel Wraithbone. Then after that, I do a, a full coat. I just cover the whole thing in the skeleton hoard and it, it really um, sort of fills in the little shady areas and almost makes the miniature look finished at a bit, very basic level. And then after that, I'll just start picking out the little colours here and there. I'll um, paint the base with the Plague Bearer Flesh so it gives it a nice green grassy colour and then I'll do the, the traditional goblin green around the base edge as well. So minimum effective painting. I've called that blog post. It's got a few pictures just talking through the process. And this isn't me trying to do some sort of how-to or that. Like there's so much good content out there from actual talented painters. This is just me saying... You know, here's how I don't spend so much time on a miniature and still get it to a standard that I'm happy with myself. So um, if you want to check that out, it's at bedroombattlefields.com or again, I'll stick the link in the show notes. Right then, I think that's about us for this episode, isn't it? Unless there's anything else, I ask the empty room around me and it doesn't look like there is. So uh, I should um, get on and do something productive, I guess. Uh, but it's been an enjoyable chat. I really appreciate you spending some time with me. And uh, remember, like I say, all links in the show notes. You'll find those photos at bedroombattlefields.com forward slash Warhammer World Picks. And uh, please join in the Discord too at bedroombattlefields.com forward slash Discord. All right. Uh, hope you're having a, a decent day wherever you are out there in the world. Hope you're having a, a decent week as well. And uh, stay tuned for more content coming your way on this humble tabletop miniature hobby podcast feed. Thanks very much. <laughs>